What is your podcast called? Talking Texas Forever. Talking Texas Forever. I love it. That's Thank you. I'm new. I've never seen the show. to talk in texas forever a friday night lights podcast i'm michelle and i'm Liz, and we're discussing season three episode five every rose has its thorn original air date october 29th 2008 written by carrie aaron and directed by jason Kadams. summary for this episode jason comes up with a new business venture coach taylor makes a decision that leaves matt rethinking his football career and we learn more about cash a hair a hair. <laughs> also, last week I teased that there was a new character alert. Did you know what I meant by that? Because of the baby? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, the whole time I was watching it, and then the guy who bought the copper pipe from Billy and Tim, I was like, am I supposed to know him? I'm like, he looks kind of familiar, but do I, am I supposed to know who this person is? So baby Noah... Baby Noah, new character alert. That was me just having fun. Uh, He's so cute. He's chubby cheeks cute. cute. Oh my gosh. And we have Jason back. Are you excited? We get to see Shadrit and Herc. Oh my gosh, Herc. I know. I was very excited. And when we get to it, I will speak my piece. I felt some ways. So we'll see. All right. So we open it's Friday night's game and the team isn't doing well with what the plan was. So as we learned last week, coach was going to rotate them. So we're going to have Matt play and then JD play, but the team is really confused about this. The Panthers do end up winning, but what happens is JD takes care of a big play and then it gives Matt an easy play at the end which which we hear Slam and Sammy say really anyone could have done. So even though Matt made the Panthers win, it was kind of like a here throwing well, you a bone. They were like, it was like the first down was so close to the goal, you know, the the touchdown mark. Sorry with my terminology. <laughs> um, well, same. I don't know terms. So it was easy for them to make a touchdown after that. So I get why Matt was like, yeah, I, I did it. I finished. But it was really JD who set up the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, Eric and the assistant coaches, they go back and forth on future game plays for the weeks to come, and they come to the conclusion that JD is the stronger player and that he should start. Yeah. So they also say, you got to go tell Matt. So coach goes to Matt's house, and he tells him that he's going to be QB2. All while Grandma Saracen, she comes out of the car, she was with Shelby, and she's praising coach, saying he's a hero in this house. And Shelby finally gets to meet Coach for the first time, but she knows something's up because at this point, Matt is kind of playing it cool and being like, okay, it's fine. I don't care. I took your news. We're good here. Matt accepts the news, but later on, we see him taking it out in the locker room and he says to Coach, if JD is better than me, then just tell me. Coach explains his side and he threatens to quit and Coach tells him, you are definitely not quitting. And Matt says, fine, I'll sit on your bench. I'll do what you want me to do, just like I've been doing this whole time and you're going to hate it and I'm going to hate it. So what do you think of this scene? I loved Coach in it, but I felt bad, obviously badly for Matt. (laughs) There's no way around it. And Coach, I feel like should have been honest with him from the start. Like, hey, look. 
JD is doing really well. I need the wins. It's nothing personal. It's business, basically. Like, this is my job. You had a job to do. Unfortunately, you're not meeting up to expectation. And I love you as a person. Like, this has nothing to do with my love and affection towards you as a person. But for me to get my job done and for our team to win, I need to have the best QB1. And that right now, unfortunately, is JD, who is a freshman. He is new. It sucks. Like, it all sucks. Coach doesn't want to do it, but he has to do it for the team. And everyone else is siding with him. They're saying, you need to put in JD. You need to stop it with this, you know, switching off with, between Matt and JD. Like, it worked for today, but it's not going to work again long term. So, Coach is just doing what he has to do. And I think he was pretty honest and pretty gracious about it. Matt just obviously doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. And the fact that he says, no, you're not quitting. You're a part of this team. I need you part of this team. You'll you'll be there. You don't quit. And then we have that scene later on with his mom where she's like, well, can't you quit? And he's like, you don't quit. They'll literally kill you. Like, we don't, we don't, you can't quit the football team. This is the town. Football is the town. <laughs> How did you like this is Texas? They might shoot me. And they might shoot me. It's true. (laughs) Poor kid. And then I think about he even, and I know we'll get to it, but he has this explanation. And I think he has this realization with his mom. Like, I really didn't care that much about football. And then one day Jason Street got paralyzed during the game and they threw me in. And I had to live up to that expectation. And ever since then, I have. It's just now someone has come in and they're better than me. Like, there's nothing he can do about it. They're just better. And I think once he realizes, like, I he, I think he likes being part of the team and having a purpose. And now his purpose is being taken away and he kind of has to find what is going to be his new purpose. I don't know what that might be. I don't know. I feel like he, and I felt like this since day one, I feel like he doesn't need to be on the football team. It's not what makes him happy. I think making other people happy is what makes Matt happy. Well, He's a I people think pleaser. For, well, yeah. And I think for so long, Matt has been in the caretaker role, which we've seen. So yes. how could we see what makes him happy? And yes, he was kind of thrown into the position of being QB1. And I I love this scene with his mom because it's the first time his mom and him are opening up to each other, bonding, and he's explaining to her how he got to where he is. I loved this scene with me too. and Shelby. Me too. Moving on, Jason and Herc, like we said, they are finally back in our lives. We have a view of what it's been like for Jason and Erin. If you guys don't know, I'm hoping everybody who listens to this podcast has re- has watched the episode and you guys yeah. are just hearing our commentary on it. But Erin is uh, his baby mama, seems to be his girlfriend, the woman he's involved with. Thank you. Because yes. he's like, this is the woman of my love of my yeah. life. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I had some gripes with the Jason stuff because I feel like for the past five weeks, we have not seen him in the season. We reference him, like I said, as if he was somewhere else, not living in the same town that he's always lived in. He's been there the whole time. I wish we would have just gotten like little summaries of maybe Tim talking to Billy like, yeah, and Jason and Erin are doing this with the baby today or something like that. Just so it like makes more sense here because it feels so forced. 
we just like threw hmm. these characters back into where we last left them. But then again, so much time has passed because she's had this baby. We see this baby is, I don't know, four months, three, two months. I don't even know. How old is this baby? <laughs> Actually, no, it's probably, probably be younger than that. No, maybe around four, four or five months. Because it's been, we, we last left them. It was the end of the school year, right? The season, yeah. So, well, they whatever. Were, we were trying to get to state, right? right? The time the, doesn't the matter. The baby's age doesn't matter. None of that matters. It's just, it felt strange to, I, it felt good to see Herc and Jason back together and seeing them on screen, but it was the, the Erin and the I'm going home thing. And like, what have they been doing this whole time trying to make this work? And if they are in a relationship, then it would be weird to me that they're not trying to like build this foundation. I get, he thinks that he's not going to live up to what her expectations financially are. Right. I don't know. Okay. This whole thing so, is weird. So yes. go ahead. Let's, Sorry. Let's get into it. <laughs> I know you just summed it up, like, but let's, uh, just, let's just get into just it. Yes. It was weird. Well, okay. From a storytelling point of view, we had to wrap up Smash. I truly think that's what happened and why we didn't get into Jason and his story. Okay. I agree with you. We could have seen glimpses because we ended season two. Last scene was him and Aaron and him saying, hey, Aaron, please have this baby. This is a miracle baby. Right. We didn't even know she was going to have the baby. Yeah. We had no idea. And so then we're just thrown into, hey, they had the baby and Jason and Herc are living together. But we quickly learn that it's been tough. She's taking up extra shifts because she can't make ends meet. Car sales are bad. He's still working at Garrity Motors. Again, why we haven't seen him around there, why we didn't see him at any of the Panther parties, I I don't know. I listened to Clear Eyes, Full Hearts today for this episode because I was hoping for some insight of where Scott Porter was. They didn't even (laughs) mention it. I mean, they they talked about Jason's storyline, but they didn't mention Scott Porter if he was working on something else. Hmm. I don't Weird. know. Maybe I really think maybe it was just to wrap up Smash's storyline and that's it. Anyway, Jason and Aaron are not living together and they're co-parenting as best as they can, even though he very much wants to live with Aaron and Noah. Yeah, because he loves her and he just wants that full package. The yeah. wife the baby, the house, us living together, us having that quintessential life. But unfortunately, Erin is putting the damper on that. She's she's the one who I feel, obviously, she doesn't want to move in there. She doesn't want him to move in with her. She's putting a lot of boundaries up because I guess in her eyes, I feel like she knows like, hey, this is not really my person. Like I had a baby with this person, but he's not like my person. So I think, and he's forcing the person. He's, I'm, I'm forcing myself on you because I, it's a miracle that I had this baby. But you don't have to force yourself to be with that person because you had a baby with them. Yeah, I know. It, the relationship part, I, now, like, hearing your side, I think because I already know what happens. I'm just, right, yeah. like, down with the flow. But hearing your side, it's true. It's not really believable. Like, I... You don't really get the sense that Erin 
and Jason have this amazing, not, I don't want to say amazing, but like deep love for each other. There's a genuine love there because they share a child, but this, I'm going to do anything and fight for you type of love. I don't know why they can't live together because Erin's living by herself. And then I think maybe Jason doesn't want to leave Herc on his own because they have an apartment together. I mean, it would, they could work it out somehow. Yeah, I don't, I know it's very true, but, but after overhearing Buddy discuss the housing market, <laughs> let's shoot over to Tim, right? This was, so I this is hysterical, so right? So Tim suggests to Herc and Jason the idea of buying Buddy's house and flipping it. He mentions the copper wire money, like very passively. No one questions, by the way, where this copper wire came from. I know. But the three of them then go to Billy and pitch it, pitch the idea. So the hysterical thing of all this, Tim keeps reciting the line he heard Buddy say verbatim. And it's... It's when all the scared rats start running away from the sinking market that the true entrepreneurs come in, true visionaries. And Billy feels he's a visionary, and so he agrees to this plan. It's the it's this one phrase that got Jason and Herc interested, and then yep. Billy was interested, and it's like Yoda has spoken, and the boys <laughs> are like, what? This is weird that Tim is like all of a sudden smart with being an entrepreneur and a mogul, but um, we'll go with it. (laughs) Yeah. And Tim, he also says that, you know, he sees flipping houses on TV and how it makes you money and this works. So let's do it. So in order for this to work, they need to get cash. So Billy and Tim meet with Guy, which remember Guy Raston? How could we forget him? Ugh. Guy offers them a price that they're not happy with. Some choice words are said to Billy. It riles him up and they don't go through with the deal. Yeah. Then the bank, they have to go meet at the bank the next day to get this loan. But the bank ends up giving Jason and Herc the loan, but they still need the cash for it. So they end up, Billy ends up telling them like, hey, turns out like we're not actually fluid with cash. So Herc calls one of his buddies they hook up a deal and it goes through for 20 oh, the liquid the liquid conversation was so funny why did you tell someone it was liquid if it wasn't liquid and i don't really know if liquid's the right term and it's liquid liquid it was really it was comical i love the four boys together were really some good scenes yeah it's also hysterical too the commentary between all of them uh derek was saying today on the episode that they everyone kept poking fun and calling him short I don't know if you caught that like why does everyone keep saying I'm short and Derek said that wasn't scripted (laughs) that kept being improv and so then when he finally spoke up that was Derek really saying like hey why does everyone keep saying I'm short that's so funny (laughs) I love that I love that yeah so buddy he hears from his real estate agent that his house sold and he seems really excited about it and he's happy with the price until he sees the name on the sale He doesn't want the Riggins owning it. And part of it is that he's afraid that Tim and Lila will end up having babies. What a cheap price for that house, too. Yeah, I I was like, what? Never here. (laughs) Never. Only in Texas. Um, But yeah, his concern is I can't fathom thinking about my my daughter and Tim Riggins having my grandbabies. It's just not a picture he wants to see. 
And Jason's yeah. like, but it's not for them. It's for me, even though it's not for him. It's I not, don't know who's going to have this house. Right. They're trying to flip it to make a profit. And so Jason meets with Buddy and he explains his case. And he's like, listen, you're not selling this house to the Riggins. You're selling it to me. And he brings up old gameplay, which obviously hooks Buddy. Because if you talk football with Buddy, you'll get him to do anything. And so he says, uh, listen, you're selling the house to to Jason Strait. Well done, Strait. This works out. Well done. He schooled Buddy. Buddy taught him how to be a car salesman. And Jason knew exactly what to say to sell Buddy on this. It's so true. And it makes me sad because I'm like, I truly hope that Jason Street is not the next Buddy Garrity. <laughs> I don't think so. No, no. I just I was like, wow, this kid has so much potential to be something so great. And I feel like he is just running around trying to figure out how to make the most money because he thinks that's what's going to help him. He thinks that's what's going to solve his problems. And like it very well might money money solves a lot of problems not all but a lot of problems and I think the money is all he's running after right now because he's so desperate to get that end package of family baby wife house but he's not he doesn't really know what his purpose is but I mean obviously he's a father now and he looks like he's a great father and he loves this baby right well, the boys, they end up getting the house and Jason's so excited to share it with Erin. And so when she comes by, she tells him, this isn't working anymore. I'm moving back east with my parents. And sayonara. And then Jason lies to Tim what she said to him because we see Tim, you know, looking out the window and seeing these two speak. So we will yeah. see what happens. I'm that. sure we will. I'm sure we yeah. will. It just, yeah. again, yeah, it felt... F- I felt no chemistry there. I felt yeah. that she wasn't like, God, Jason, I love you, but we can't make this work. I want it to work. She's just like, it's not working. Like, I'm just going to take my baby. You can visit him whenever you want because you're the dad. It's like you're taking him out of state. This is like, right. you need, this is some like legality shit now. Like you both share this child and you need to figure out what the what's going to happen and result for this kid. Ugh. Yeah. Poor Jason. Poor Jason. Poor but also, Jason. like, glad that he has a child for him, you know? Yeah. Okay. You know, like, I'm glad that he got something it. that he never thought was possible. That's true. Miracle baby. Miracle baby. And, like, listening to Scott Porter, when we saw them being interviewed at Epics over the past, this past summer, he was like, Jason, like, does, like, he, he gets that. He gets his baby. He gets, like, his happy ending. And I'm just like, what is Jason's happy ending? I look forward to seeing what that is. So I will obviously be here when that happens. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Moving on to Julie. She got a tattoo on her ankle, which Tammy and Coach do not approve of. And they're trying to understand why she got it. After hearing that Tyra was with her when she got the tattoo, they feel that she's a bad influence and the tattoo must be a symbol of that Julie is going down the wrong path. Yeah, this argument didn't really make a lot of sense to me. I get the influence maybe we know Tyra's reputation, right? She's had this, this, um, this nervousness about Tyra in the past. 
and then she saw that her and Julie are truly good friends and Tyra is a good person. I mean, Tyra, Tammy loves Tyra. I think like she thinks of her as a second daughter and she wants so much for her. But I was like, of course, of course it was Julie with the tattoo. What was I thinking? Why wasn't I thinking it was Julie with the tattoo? Literally, of course, I couldn't have wrote it better myself that Julie would get this tattoo and not tell her parents. <laughs> and then when her parents find out, she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> well, yes. So Julie gets this tattoo and she tells her parents it's just a tattoo. It doesn't mean anything. And so Tammy says, fine, if it doesn't mean anything, then I'm scheduling you an appointment to get it removed. So on their drive to San Antonio, Tammy stops the car and they get out to share a story, which I did love this scene. And Tammy tells Julie how she almost didn't graduate high school. She met her father. You know, they, she met Coach. And they kind of both helped each other through their difficult times. But Julie's different. She's independent. She doesn't need anybody. And Tammy's just afraid that even though the tattoo maybe didn't mean anything, it's showing a different side of her that they're not used to seeing. Right. And she's just worried about her. And Julie says, yeah. Mom, I'm not like that. I'm different. Right. Don't worry about it. Do you think, and I was almost waiting for Julie to give her the reason why she got the tattoo. This is the sentimental value to it. This is why it means so much to me. And I feel like if she would have said back, you know what, guys, this is because of, I don't know, something like, Tyra gets me and her and I got these matching tattoos because I feel like, she, I don't know, like she is my person. She is my best friend. We love each other. Something just obviously I don't know exactly what she could have explained to her parents. But if she would have given some sort of I got this for this reason, she doesn't even say why she decided to pick that style, that tattoo, the heart. It was like a heart with whatever else in it on her ankle, on her ankle. Which, like, you know, it's not, it's an inconspicuous place on her body. People don't necessarily, won't see it. And so, I guess, in a way, she was like, well, I'm going to get it there because it's, it's private, but also it's not. And then her parents happened to see it. And she didn't even, she didn't even cover it up. She was like, yeah, I got a tattoo. Anyway, so next, what, what, what do you guys want for breakfast or whatever she was saying? I was like, wow, Julie, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I I think sometimes <laughs> tattoos are just for fun. They don't mean anything. And I I also like you had a hard time kind of seeing the point of like, oh my god, you get a tattoo and that's a symbol of a rebel. Right. But I also understand their point of, okay, you haven't done anything like this before. You're changing. Which route are you going down? Which path are you choosing? That's what we're worried about. Right. And we're also seeing the, well, I don't want to call it the fall of Tyra, but we see Tyra dwindling a little bit in this episode. Like she was so determined. I'm getting into college. I'm getting into college. And now she's not caring as much about her education because she's distracted by a boy. And so I think Tammy's seeing that and she's like, well, I don't want Julie to follow in those footsteps. Like I want her to concentrate on her studies so I think maybe she freaked out a little bit as she did when we first said that she was being friends with Tyra <laughs> like it's the same reaction she has to it yeah Tammy is definitely worried about Tyra we see her meet uh, Tyra in this episode they're talking about schoolwork and she questions her relationship with Cash and so Tammy tells her like listen I care because I've made an investment in you 
And Tyra continues to ignore Tammy and kind of go with her gut. And she was, like you said, she's doing so well in school. And then she gets a C and she shares this with Cash. And he was like, wow, a C, like I would have been rewarded for that. Like, that's a really good job. And then we see him taking more pills and Tyra questions him again. Like, hey, didn't you just take these this morning? And he's like, have you ever had a hurt shoulder? You know, I take these only when I'm in pain. And so then later on at school, Tyra's in class and she gets a call for, from Cash to come out. And so she goes out. They go for a drive. It's a beautiful scene. I mean, it's a yeah. see. But she ditches class. She ditches class. She goes with Cash to a barn and he shows her mother horse and the baby and Tyra's tears up because it's beautiful. I mean, this is like a really beautiful scene also showing that Cash I don't know. Like he has a softer it, side. Softer side. Yeah. In and a so way. then later Right. So then later on, she goes and tells Tammy that she's grateful for her. Thank you for caring and believing in me. But I just want to let you know that Cash is a good guy and I have my priorities straight. It's all we can ask for. If you think you have your priority, she's she's trying to make it work. She was still like her conversation with Cash wasn't like, well, screw school. She's like, no, I got to see. And like that, you know, while you think that that's good. I can't get a C right now because I'm already doing poorly and I need to really get my grades all the way up so that I can get into a good college. Like I'm trying to go to college and he's yeah. like, cool. Like I'm a cowboy. Like, right. Cool. Like good for you. Like, I don't think he's, he's not obviously trying to hold her back yet at no. least. Like he's not pressuring her to be like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. But he's also a bad influence because he is taking her out of class and he is making her late and she isn't really focusing on her studies. So I hope she just kind of like pumps the brakes a little bit, which I know she probably won't. (laughs) Well, we'll see. We'll We'll see. see. Uh, We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to have our patron Vic join us for questions. Yay. Welcome back from break. Vic is with us. Hey, Vic, how are you? Hey, I'm good. So happy you are here. Uh, Before we go into questions from listeners who submitted, do you have any questions that you would like to ask? We could start with you. I actually did. um, I wanted to do a little rapid fire for Liz back when we first did it in season one. Yeah. So I had Jason or Tim. Jason. Because, I mean, well, I, guess, like, I thought you were swooning for I'm Tim. Sw- I okay. swooned for Tim. But, like, as a person, Jason. And then we had Lila or Tyra. Because, you know me, I love Tyra, but she's making bad decisions right now. But I'm not a fan of Lila. Tyra. Tyra, always. She's my number one girl. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather cheer on the Tree Hill Ravens or the Dylan Panthers? The Ravens. I feel like they're nicer. I don't know. Really? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I mean, I would love for Brooke to be my captain and I would cheer next to Peyton and Haley. You know, when Haley was on the team, it would be fun. Brooke was a little savage, though. She was savage. But yeah. then she, like, by season four, she's okay. Yeah. 
That's true. And then, do you think Jason is actually in love with Aaron, or he's just kind of like in love with the idea of having his family? Because that's what it seems like. Yeah, we were actually talking about this obviously in the first half of the episode I feel like he just wants that perfect package and it doesn't really matter honestly who the woman is and the fact that she had his baby it's like he just has like tunnel vision because he feels like I can get this I can get that final picture that final picture I always wanted but it doesn't have to be her like it I don't feel that love that connection that like deep passion for each other I think they like each other but it doesn't seem like they love each other it's at least from it doesn't Aaron. seem like she's in yeah, love with she's him she's not in love with him I think she said shit I had a boo-boo while I don't regret having my baby my baby Noah's perfect I and Jason is you know ideally perfect like he is, he is. the best but it's not like that can eat, can sleep, reach for the stars, World Series kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he said he's head over heels in love with her. But he but said I that. I don't him. believe it, though. I think he likes the idea of being a father. Yes. And, and he should like... be. He should be a father. Yeah, he's, no, I'm sure of he's course. a great father. He does not need to be with Aaron, though. Yeah, I said... Yeah, I said to list. I think because I know it happens, I'm just going through the emotions of the episode. But when we talked about it and she's like, it doesn't really seem believable. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I never really clocked it like the first time around. But it's true. It's not. I don't know. And, and also list was saying, too, and I don't know if you felt this way, like the first four episodes, I think we had to sum up smashes storyline and so we don't see Jason and now we're just thrown into Jason's life and it's like okay what have you been doing oh the baby's here it feels awkward it felt awkwardly placed it feels like we were missing an episode I don't know yeah I and I I love this show so much Mm -hmm. this is the first time I felt taken out of the experience the first time ever wow with the Jason Aaron stuff and you guys know I love I love Jason as a character. I've been me I've been missing him. I love him and Herc. I think that's they're a great team. They're great friends. But adding this element of Aaron and the baby, it was weird. It's just weird. I feel like while I want him to have his happy ending, it's just a weird way of getting us there. Mm. Yeah, I digress. like it I just happened, and now he's I just feel going weird about emotions. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Uh, yeah, I now this is all I'm thinking about. And especially next week. I, I'm curious of how you will feel towards their relationship next week. Same. I'm excited to watch the progression of what goes on with them. So. Yeah. Bobby, he has some thoughts and questions. He says, Jason has had so many high points that resulted in disappointment. Do you think the writers are cold enough to let this house flip blow up in his face too? Um, I don't think it's a blow up. I I feel as though this is not like his next big thing. I feel like, I don't know, he's going to figure out something else and that he's going to be passionate about it. Unless, hey, this is what he does now for a living is flip, flip houses, which is like, that's cool if you want to do that. I could, whatever, if he's passionate about it, then do it. But I don't want him just to do it 
just to do it just to make the money he was doing it for he was doing it to make the money because he thinks that the money is going to solve it when that's really Mm -hmm. not the the root of the problem here the root of the problem is you have a baby with someone who you don't love well they love each other we in but in a way where like you love the mother of your child yeah because that woman gave you that child not like um not like i love you as my partner in life yeah i just think we're not seeing it that's the it is you guys are making me you're leading me to believe that we will get there with them i just don't see it (laughs) currently yeah Vic, how do you feel about this house flip project of the Riggins boys and Herc and uh, Jason? I mean, storyline-wise, I think it's fun. But Bailey's just, oh, my God. Just when you think he's okay, he just... When he was like, oh, copper wire, and then you see Guy, I'm like, oh, my God. Out of all the people to sell it to. And then, I mean, I'm glad they found somebody, but it's like, as soon as Buddy heard it's them, he didn't want to sell the house to them. Would you sell it to them? No. I don't know. <laughs> Even if Jason was the main one. I mean, if they the gave me one? the money, I guess I'd be like, all right, I let's pretend like I don't know who you are. Yeah. I mean, whether they flip it or not is not the problem. As long as they pay the True. money, right. he sold the house. Right. So it doesn't matter if it's Tim. He just doesn't like the guy. Yeah, well, he's dating his daughter. So, you know, and as he said, like, Tim is fine in football. It's sad. I can't trust him with anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby also asks, do you think JD will last or his lack of experience will result in Matt getting called in to save the day? Mm, well, I, I don't. I don't think Matt will have to run in and save the day. In my heart, I believe that Matt probably doesn't need to be a football player. And that's how I truly feel deep down. I felt it since we first saw him play and had been thrown into the game. There was never that like burning passion to play football. It was I played football because I play and that's like the thing to do in the town. But it wasn't like his thing. Yeah. And I think once... He does accept this help from his mom. This is just me like throwing my light predictions in here. He's going to accept some help from his mom and therefore the grandma stuff maybe will be lifted temporarily. And now that he's not QB1, I think he can like look at his entire life and be like, whoa, okay, what do I have? What can I do next? Like, what is my thing? What am I good at? What do I love to do? And I think then he'll be like not upset that football wasn't the thing it's so much pressure on this kid who already had so much outside pressure yeah that I think it's probably best that he doesn't have any more of that pressure on him okay so I don't think Matt will come in and save the day because I think JD is just a really good player and he's going to listen to whatever coach says to do and whatever coach is going to make him how coach will mold him into the next Jason Street or the next Brian Williams, whoever it is. I honestly don't see JD failing. And if he does, it's just going to be temporarily. And then the next game, he's going to do well again. Like he's just a good player. He's a hardworking player. Vic, what do you think of JD? I don't like him. I think he's cocky. 
he's he's made no impression on me at all so far there's nothing yet right and that's the thing right because like Vic knows I know Bobby knows and we're Bobby know like we're slowly peeling layers of JD we will we will get there and I don't and I don't even want to taint it or ruin it for you but we will I mean it's already tainted because I feel like just by the way everyone has talked about him, I know that he's going to become some douchey kid who's too good for his own bridges type deal. Yeah. And his family's obviously a big player and they have Buddy in their left pocket and Coach doesn't really want to be in their pocket, but maybe he will be. So I, I, I obviously potentially see lots of issues going here, going down here for JD and the other players. But he's only a freshman. He's 14, 15 years old. Like, he's got so much life to live. He's got so much high school to go through. Well, that's the other thing, too, is easily influenced. Yes. Yeah. Uh, He also asks Bobby, do you think Tyra is self-sabotaging because she doesn't think she's worth more? Or is she afraid of stepping out of her comfort zone? Vic, what do you think about this, Tyra and Cash, and how she's handling her academics? I mean... The fact that he's texting her to leave, I feel like he's already being a bad influence. Yeah. And Tammy's done so much to help her. And the conversation they had, it's like it was left open-ended. So what did you what are you saying? Thank you, like thank you on leaving or thank you for knocking some sense into me? Yeah. You don't know what the conversation was about. Yeah, I was almost confused as to why she came in to have that conversation with her at first. And then the purpose was to tell her, hey, Cash isn't not he's a good guy so just so you know that but thank you for looking out for me I think that's that's what it was and I wanted it to be like her aha moment of whoa you were right but it wasn't that yeah and when they were driving I kept saying why couldn't he take her on a Saturday why did he have to do it during school yeah Vic what did you think of that whole drive to go to the barn to see the mother horse give with the baby I mean, was he trying to impress her? Like, I have a sensitive right. side. She was crying She was, like, in tears. Like, this moved yeah. her. Yeah. Mom and baby. And yeah. I think, and then she looked at him like, thank you for giving me this moment. And I see you in a different light now because you showed me a horse's baby. Like, <laughs> I don't really know what he, I think he was just like, yeah, I just knew you haven't seen this before. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of random that he did yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, right. again, like, life is beautiful. Look at this moment in nature. But again, like you said, Vic, why didn't we do this on the weekend? And and it's like, exactly. Tyra, I support you. I think you're smart. You're doing well in school. But I'm actually not going to take it seriously. Right. Because I'm going to take you out of school and you'll be fine. Right. Yeah, it's a bad influence. Yeah. That's yeah. all he is. And so like, to answer Bobby's question, I feel like it's a mix of both. Like she is self-sabotaging herself because there's probably a very small part of her that feels I'm not good enough for this. Nobody in my family made it. And I'm also scared. I'm scared yeah. shitless to leave this town, to become something, to change my life. And so her being with Cash is like safe. But also he's a cowboy, so he could be gone tomorrow wherever he's going to go. And while she really likes him, I think she knows that that's like not this like end game relationship for her. So I think she's just scared 
and she's using him as this crutch of then you know why her holding on to that because she's scared of moving forward yeah and like to- i totally get that sympathize with you all the way tyra <laughs> you hold on to that last limb like please don't let me go into this really scary new thing but once you do it's awesome so i have true. hope for her so true uh, Mike, he asks, how old were you when you got your first tattoo? Did you tell your parents or did you hide it from them? And would you have responded like Tammy and Coach did if your kid got a tattoo or would you be cool with it? <laughs> so let's start with Vic. Vic, do you have any tattoos? Yeah. Um, my first one, I believe I got it at 24 and it's in like kind of an intimate spot. So I was wearing low rise jeans, you know, because everyone wore low rise jeans and I was straightening my hair. And when I lifted my hands, she saw it. And she lifted her lid. And I was like, I'm 24. I'm an adult. It's not like I went when I was 16. Like, that was my experience. Right. Wouldn't Julie have needed parental signature for that? Yeah, Mike. That's what I said. Yeah, Mike followed up with that. Where's the parental consent? So that means, like, a sketchy place is doing it. And then if Tyra went with her, maybe it's a hookup that Tyra and Mindy know, you know? Yeah. Tyra said you would be mad. I'm like. Oh, so Tyra went with her, but yet we haven't seen them hang out this whole yeah. time. I know. I know. Yeah. I miss them, their friendship. We get a little bit of it next week. But no, I didn't tell them. For any of them, I didn't tell None them. None of them? So if if your kids were to get a tattoo, how would you respond? I see. I told my husband that I can't be a hypocrite. And I, I said, but I'm also their mom. So if I say no, it's no. Yeah. I said, but... I mean, I guess I would sit down and talk to them as much as I hate it, but I wouldn't want them to get it behind my back like I did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember how old I was. I was definitely in my mid-20s, and I just went because I didn't have to – again, like you, I'm like, I am I think I was like 24, 25. I was with Aunt, so maybe 25, 26. And I, I just came home with it. I was like, Mom, look at it. And she was like, oh, are you going to – You yeah. told her. And she was like, are you going to get more? And I was like, probably – so all the other ones I've gotten and then you did I've I've shown yeah no I I did that too I um mine was a spontaneous thing though mine was kind of like uh at a convention oh. we were just at a convention with all these different artists and my friends all like I was like oh should I do it should I do it she's like I dare you and I was like oh there's no one in line you know so screw it let's do it you know and I did it then and I was like not only was it my first one it was like public to everyone like people who would walk by they'd be like looking and i'm like can you not <laughs> there you know that's it wasn't cool. a private that area. is cool that's, that's a cool it was just experience. kind of a spontaneous decision but yeah the but other you'll two always were, remember you know. it that way though oh yeah are you still happy with it do you still like it yeah yeah Good. yeah i don't i don't hide it anymore my yeah. kids know i have them yeah yeah they yeah. haven't said they want some but they know they're there liz right. do you think you'd ever get a tattoo um, there are times that I think uh, spontaneously I could just walk into like Randy and I were in uh, Rhode Island, you know, a couple months ago. And I was like, let's just go get tattoos. Let's go get matching tattoos. And obviously <laughs> didn't happen. Randy has two tattoos. Um, so I'm like, he's not he wants to get a whole sleeve eventually in time, like add to what he has. And I was like, I don't know. There's like a part of me that I feel like I just want it to be something that. I won't regret Mm -hmm. or like something that's like so meaningful to me, but I don't have that thing that's so meaningful to me. So then that's why I haven't done it. 
and that's about it. Maybe when I have kids, I'll like have something sentimental for my children or yeah. like after Randy and I get married, maybe we'll do something like for each other. But I don't know. I haven't thought like I haven't. It's not something that I think about all the time. Yeah. But I got my belly button pierced when I was 16 and my mom didn't know about that. And she hated it every minute of it. And she made her best friend take me because she refused to go and take me. And that my my friend's mom had bought me my belly button ring <laughs> like she bought me my piercing because my mom was so against it and I was like mom literally everyone else on my dance team has it like I will be the only one who doesn't have it <laughs> and now I'm thinking back I'm like oh and Randy's like oh yeah you have that like thing in your belly button and I'm like yeah I always like forget the, the about two little thing. holes in there it's so like ugh. at least I didn't pierce my tongue like yeah. I said I always I always no, wanted always that too and my mom else. was like absolutely not you know do not touch that tongue yeah i told like, her that oh. i said well it's it's my belly not my tongue that was yeah. my excuse yeah well i mean when i have kids the belly button ring is coming out so. yeah i mean i always thought like nose nose is cute yeah i mean like i feel like if like, i had to kids, each their own to each their own right but if i had <laughs> kids and they went to go get a tattoo i i guess i would rather them tell me i would like yeah. to just just be on and because I want to make sure you're going to a reputable place. That's the exactly thing. Right. go to a nice place, not a sketchy place. Clean, you know? Clean. Yeah. Maybe I would Where they say... have to open up the needles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like you tell me you want this. Ask me again in a year. If you still really want that specific tattoo, I'll take you. Let's go to a really good place. And we know that it's like properly taken care of. Yeah. But I would want them, yes, to tell me. Yeah. Uh, Mike also asks, do any of you like grape jelly? So this scene cracked me up when they were talking about grape jelly. And Mike and Matt goes, nobody likes grape jelly. And so I sent that to Aunt because Aunt loves grape jelly. I'm a strawberry. So does my husband. Jelly yeah, girl. Like, I'll eat any jelly, but. I'll eat any jelly. I never discriminated against any jelly. <laughs> but Except for mint jelly. <laughs> mint jelly with like. That's like a very specific like pork ch- pork chop or lamb chop bin jelly thing, which obviously I don't eat because I don't eat that. But, you know. Is that a thing? No. That's a thing? Yeah. Lamb chop and mint jelly. It's like a thing. I've, it's, never, I've had never had it because I don't eat lamb, but people do that. Ew. <laughs> I've <Gross>. never. <laughs> uh, last but not least, this is Rapid Fire FNL versus OC Edition. All right, Vic, um, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, Ryan or Tim? Ryan. Sandy or Coach? Sandy. Kiki or Tammy? Kiki. Lila or Summer? Summer. Matt or Seth? Matt. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> Who would you pick, Liz? Matt. <laughs> oh, really? Matt or Seth? Okay. I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised by that. Well, I don't know. Uh, Luke or Lance? Lance. Marissa or Tyra? I want to say Tyra only because not so much like since we've seen her, not too much bad stuff has happened to her since we've met her. And Marissa's just like surrounded by drama nonstop. I mean, there's not one episode where she doesn't cry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tyra's one tough cookie. Yes, I agree. For me, it's OC down the line. Liz? (laughs) Ryan or Tim? Ryan. Sandy or Coach? Sandy. Kiki or Tammy? Tammy. Lila or Summer? Summer. Matt or Seth? Matt. 
Matters. Well, like my nostalgia, I'm like, oh, Seth, maybe. <laughs> Matt is so like marbles in his mouth, depressing. I love him. <laughs> like, I think he's a great person. But like to watch, I guess I'd rather watch. Oh, no. You know what? I take it all back. I'd rather watch Matt. <laughs> I take it all back. <laughs> Forget what I just said. Luke or Lance? Lance. Marissa or Tyra? I'm only going to go with, oh, I don't know all of Tyra yet, so it's really hard for me to choose that. That's true. Okay, I'll give you that. But I did make the blanket statement of I think Tyra is my favorite total Betty character like of all time. Wild. But I think I'll have to go with Marissa on this one just because I don't know Tyra 100% fully <laughs> and while I know she'll blossom and be this person that I know she can be, I will go with Marissa because she was my girl. Fair. I take it mm-hmm. back. I think the only one I might choose FNL over OC is Tammy. Yeah, Tammy's so over good. Kiki. Oh, but I love Kiki. And Kiki so is so good. I know. Kiki's amazing. I know. I miss Kiki a little bit. Those were hard. Those this were was, really hard. This was really hard. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you. All right, let's go into the rest of our segments. We'll go to quotes. Vic, what was your favorite quote of the episode? Okay, so I had to just because I thought it was hilarious how Tim was saying it. <laughs> I was like, it's when all the scared rats start running away from the sinking market that true entrepreneurs come in, Billy. True visionaries. It's and he's so like, I'm funny. a visionary? It was so funny. I laughed like, like a lot in this episode. Yeah, uh, my quote was, I'm a visionary from Billy. I had, well, I'm good with design. You know this, Herc. Herc, yes. I also Herc. loved when the, the team was losing in the beginning and t- Coach is like, oh, hell. Oh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> it was so Southern and hysterical. He's like, oh, hell. <laughs> yeah, I love Tammy when she's like, until you're 18, it's my ankle, okay? It's my ankle. Yes. And I was like, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, MVP and shittiest. Vic, who's your MVP? I said Tammy for that talk she had with Julie on their way to San Antonio. Agreed. I picked Tammy. You did? For her motherly stuff in the episode, for literally what Vic just said with like, this is my ankle. And like, I needed to give you that explanation of why I'm afraid for you. And the the fact that she's afraid for Tyra. I just, I liked her the most in this episode, but it was hard to pick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I chose Jason, actually. Yeah, I oh. leaned that way, too. Yeah, just his return. We see how he is with baby Noah and the speech he gave to Buddy. He's so good with the baby. Yeah. He is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Tim, if Tim had the baby, <laughs> We'd I don't be know. seeing comedy. I don't know. Yeah, it would be comedy. But I don't know how my ovaries really could deal. But Jason with the baby was so precious and made me love him even more yeah uh we had votes for tammy and jd actually okay yeah yeah yeah. uh shittiest vic who'd you choose billy he's disappointing me good choice list i picked guy but that's a cop out Uh, i also chose guy we had votes for guy and we also had votes for cash yeah that would have been a good one people do not like cash I, I can see that. I mean, right now, I he's okay. Yeah. I think he's probably 
out of all the relationships that Tyra's maybe going to be on, be with on this show, maybe not the greatest one, but yeah. I'm sure she'll have a couple other shitty ones in there, <laughs> throw it in there. So <laughs> she's just, yeah, that's Tyra's path, I feel. I just realized, sidebar. <laughs> I you forgot a paragraph. Oh, uh, gosh. It's fine. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> You're not going to tell us? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Coach's Corner, what was your favorite moment, Vic, in this episode? I loved when Eric told Matt he's not quitting. And he yeah. wasn't going to let him quit. He's like, you're not quitting. Yeah. He just gave him, like, the most intense speech ever. Like, you are not quitting. Yeah. And Matt's just looking at him like. That was yeah. mine, too. I also chose that. Vic, what did you think of that scene? And like, even though it was great for Coach to be like, you're not quitting. Do you think Coach just wants Matt to play for the rest of the year? Like, I don't want you to give up on yourself. Like, where do you, like, how do you think Matt handled that scene? Well, I mean, he got upset because he told him, I got you a state championship. You know, he's like throwing everything in his face. And he's like, he's not going to like, you know, sitting on the bench, but he will. Yeah. And when he says, I quit, he's like, you're not quitting. It's like, I feel like coach doesn't, I don't think he's going to think Matt's going to be on the bench forever. But he did tell Tammy in the other episode, you know, everything this kid's been through, if I bench him, it's going to crush him. Yes. So it took a long, like, he had to think really long and hard about it before he did it. And he told him, I thought a lot about this. Yeah. Yeah. It just Oof. sucks. It's a sucky, sucky situation. I know. And and Matt finally exploded, right? Like, he was told when Coach came to his house, and he's like, fine. But there's only so much he can take, and Matt just was like, I can't do this. I'm going to take it out in this locker room right now. Yeah. Ooh. All right, let's go into a booster of the week list. Who are we supported by this week? Booster of the week. You're a total booster. We're supported by Vic. Vic, Vic is our Ooh. our booster of the week. Thank you so much, Vic. We love when we get to chat with you. So congratulations for becoming um becoming well for being selected to be on this episode with us. Um, and the yeah, fact that you were you. you just told us that you were sick um means the world that you truly did not have to make the trip <laughs> to to the zoom and, and chat with us today, but we're really thankful for you and all that you have done for us. And every time we get to see you or we get to talk to you, it's, it's always great. And we, we feel the love and we hope that you feel oh. the love back from us. Cause we truly do love you. We do. Yeah, you. I do. You're the best. We Thank always you. say like, you're the mayor and, and Mike is the speaker Mike's like of the, the house. President. Yeah. <laughs> we love our Betty family so much so where I feel like you guys are just our friends. And so when you come on, it's like, oh, it's just Vic's here. Mike's here. Like yeah. last week we had Mike on We Are Liars. We appreciate yeah. you guys so much. All right. So before we make predicts for next week's episode, let's pick an emoji for this week's episode. What are we thinking? I was thinking a horse, a horse as well. Yeah, of course. Let's a stick- horse, of course. A horse, of course. And that's what you can write in your Apple Podcast review. So we give an emoji to pair with each episode. And this is kind of an inside joke. It's kind of to show us that you're listening. So you could stick that emoji in an Apple Podcast review. Rate us five stars. 
Uh, you can ride a horse, of course. This podcast is great. And I love the Bettys. That's just an example of something you can write. You can also stick that emoji in a DM on Instagram. We love when you do that. We get really excited because I'm like, wow, people, one, have made it this far. But two, take us seriously with sending us the emojis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you could also send it Discord if you're a patron member of ours on there. Or you can email it to us, talkintexasforever at gmail.com. That's also a great way if you want to submit questions and comments for our upcoming episodes. So thank you. All right, Liz, I'm going to change things up as I've been talking about. Okay. No more words. I'm not giving you words to describe next week's episode and the episodes to come. I'm just going to give you a quote and who said it. Ooh, Ooh, I like that. Okay. Okay. So this is for, and Vic, if you don't remember, feel free to make predicts as well. (laughs) So this is for season three, episode six. It ain't easy being J.D. McCoy. And the quote is, no regrets, Tim Riggins. (laughs) Oh, Ooh. <laughs> a million things just went through my brain at that moment this is episode uh-huh. six yeah um well it's like almost to the halfway mark of the season no regrets that's uh that's a tough one no regrets I, for some reason, that, like, screams Jason and Tim to me, like, something that they did together, and then they, like, look at each other, and Tim's like, no regrets, man. Like, we love, e- uh, we love each other. Like, a bro, a bro moment. Or maybe it's him with Billy, and maybe, oh, maybe my prediction is coming to fruition from a million episodes ago, um, <laughs> where I felt as though Billy will get arrested. <laughs> And Tim was like, Billy, no regrets. Okay. <laughs> I'm so lost. That quote could go for, I mean, it's Tim Riggins, like no regrets. Like, he literally lives his life, no regrets. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> so, okay, so hard. the title, It Ain't Easy Being J.D. McCoy. What's going on with J.D. you think is going to happen in next week's episode? Lots of pressure. Lots and lots of pressure on J.D. Lots of pressure from his dad, from coach, from all the assistant coaches, from the town. And Matt's like, ha ha, see how much I see much you like all that pressure. It's hard being QB one. The whole town has, you know, is looking at you at all times and wanting you to succeed. And so if you fail, everyone's going to hate you. So it's a lot, a lot of pressure on JD as a kid. And I think we'll mo- probably get more of his like home life. Maybe we'll see how him and his father interact because it seems like they have a little bit of a tense relationship and he's probably going to put a lot of pressure on his son. Maybe him and maybe Joe and coach will like butt heads a little bit because what was the other coach's name that JD had? Wade. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Wade is no more because, like, why would you need another coach? Well, it's a practicing coach. Okay. Okay, but I like where you're going. I like where okay. your head's at. Vic, do you remember this episode? I'm trying to see if I maybe read the description I would remember, but no. Yeah. Just off the top of my head, no. Yeah. Is J- Obviously, is Jason in next week's episode? Yeah. Okay, so we'll do we'll get more with that. I feel like 
we can't just have Aaron up and leave all of a sudden. We have to have more of a conversation. So maybe he prevents her from leaving. He talks her into, let's talk about this. Let's figure some stuff out. I really don't know like what that that end journey is, the end goal for Jason is. So whatever it is, I'll be happy to watch. Uh, Lila, we saw for like one second in this episode, one hot sec. She she's in it's next fine. week's. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm fine with it. <laughs> Still not my favorite. Um, uh, and obviously I see more of Tyra and Cash. That's. He's going to be still influencing her. She's still going to clock every time he takes a pill. And that's going to be a problem. I foresee her. This is like a really far down the line prediction, but like not getting into college and like following him as he like pursues his cowboy stuff. Wow. I'm afraid for that. I'm afraid. Okay. For that. So Cash is going to be with us for a little while then. Probably. I think I predicted like to the end of the season. You did. So yeah. like in another six episodes he will be gone okay. which is fine do you think with matt being all mopey you know because he's sitting on the bench do you think that will bring him closer to his mom yeah i think so i think she's already been a good uh year for him in this week's episode i, I can only imagine it will get better um from her being there and she says i did get i did put in you know uh I wanted to get the chair at the hair place. So maybe she will get that position and she will stay. <laughs> will she stay past season three? I don't know. <laughs> um, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like they're kind of are introducing her to kind of also then put her on her merry way, but ha- have her help map with something, which is grandma. I think who doesn't like her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Who truly has lots <laughs> so of things funny. to say. She's it's messing I mean, it's up funny. the groceries. Her sass is so funny, but also I'm like, well, that's mean. <laughs> <laughs> like the woman is here to help you. Your grandson cannot do anymore. He is done. Yeah, but she, done. she also has dementia. She needs the help. I know. And she so does have dementia. That totally. She needs, needs the help. And sometimes probably doesn't realize how sassy and she spicy. comes across absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. speaking from oh, experience yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh absolutely i get oh, it yeah i totally get it oh yeah well good predictions you are hot in some places <laughs> and chilly in others yeah, yeah i assume yeah before we end tonight we do have will's football poetry corner <laughs> did you just hit your face i just snapped into my nose yeah that's good. Delay of game. A delay of game is when the center doesn't snap the ball before the play clock expires. It was delayed, but JD finally took over the reins when it mattered, even if Matt called game. Mm. So good. Thank you, Will. Appreciate Will. you. Always. Even today. He's like, is it is it still okay to send? I'm like, send on over, buddy. We always want Will. Absolutely, Will. <laughs> Always want to hear from you. Vic, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, even you're welcome. with you not feeling well, that means even more to us. I'm glad I came. I, oh, thank you. And I hope you feel better. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, thank you everyone for listening and downloading and leaving us those reviews. It means so much and reaching out to us. We love to hear from you. Again, you can email us at talkintexasforever at gmail.com and we'll be back next week for season three, episode six, It Ain't Easy Being J.D. McCoy. Thank you so much for listening to Talking Texas Forever, a Friday Night Lights podcast. You can email us at talkingtexasforever at gmail.com. If you're interested in seeing what we do with this show and all of our others, head over to Instagram at Total Betty Podcast Network. This has been a Total Betty Podcast, produced and edited by Michelle Rubenstein and Alyssa Tenio, music by Anthony Vacora.